Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son Hazarius, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Now, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was the king, and then he, he, he lost the kingdom. And the Medes and the Persians came in, and they overthrew Babylon, and overthrew uh, the king of Babylon, and uh, they took over. And whenever they took over, that was the, uh, Daniel's an old man at this time. And he's studying his Bible, and I, I preached from chapter, I preached from verses 3 all the way up to verse uh, 19 last week about the great prayer confession that Daniel made. And uh, it was a great prayer confession. It's exactly how we need to confess. And I skipped over the first three verses of Daniel chapter 9 because I wanted, uh, our first two verses, because I wanted to come back and preach on the first two verses this Sunday. And I'm not skipping over anything as far as the book of Daniel. I just want to do this in a certain order. And so I'm going back now from last week. I preached verses 3 through verse 19. Now I'm going to come this morning. I'm going to preach from Daniel chapter 9. I want to preach verses 1 and 2. And, and whenever Daniel was, uh, whenever the king of Babylon was overthrown, the Medes and, uh, Medes and Persians took over, Darius took over, Daniel knew that the end was coming up. He understood this, and he knew there's something going on, because look at verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So Daniel's reading through these books. Notice it says books, not just the book of Jeremiah, but he's reading the books, which is what we have in our Old Testament. And he's reading this, and it says he understood. And I wanted to point out, y'all stay here, but I wanted to point out in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Paul says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So what Paul's telling us and what the Word of God tells us is we need to study our Bible. We need to uh, be, do a better job of studying our Bible, and that's exactly what Daniel was doing. Daniel was taking his Bible, his Bible he had at that time, and he was studying it. And what was he studying? He was studying, trying to understand by books. See that in verse 2? Daniel understood by books. He's trying to understand by books what? Why God had accomplished 70 years on Jerusalem, according to the prophet Jeremiah. So this morning, I want to preach on Daniel, the number 70, and the land's Sabbath. I want to preach this morning on Daniel, the number 70, and the land's rest, or the land's Sabbath. So back in verse 2, it says, In the first year of his reign, the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books. So he's studying these books, and he's studying about this 70 years so we're going to look at what Daniel did, and we're going to set out on the study of the 70 years and what the 70 years means to Jerusalem and in the Bible, and we're going to do just what Daniel was doing, and we're going to see if we can follow the steps of Daniel and how Daniel figured out what was going on with the 70 years. First off, you need, to, you need to understand this. God puts an importance on numbers. He does put an importance on numbers. It says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 30, that, that very hairs of your head are numbered. Amen. He has numbered every hair on your head. He, he, he cares about numbers. He's an accountant. He's got every sin you've ever committed, everything that's ever happened, every bird that's fell out of the sky. He's got a list. He's got it logged down. God's got numbers, and he cares about numbers. You look at uh, numbers like it, we, we would call it the Bible numerics or numerology out of the Bible. The number one in the Bible usually represents unity. 
The Lord thy God is one Lord. That's a numerics for the number one is numerics for unity. Number three is a uh, we would say the number three is a basis of all things. Number three represents the basis of all things. How the basic structure of all things works. That's what the number three means. Like a time. Time is past, present, future. Space is height, length, width. The whole universe is set up in threes. Man is a body, a soul, and a spirit. God is a father, the son, and the Holy Ghost. So you see how the basic structure of all things is, uh, is accounted by the number three. The number four is associated with the earth. You look at the number four, the number four is associated with earth. There's four seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter. There's four corners of the earth, north, east, south, and west. There's four, four elements, earth, wind, fire, and water. So the number four is usually associated with the earth. Number five, some people think it's associated with grace, but it's more than likely associated, I believe, associated with death. Death, D-E-A-T-H, Satan. S-A-T-A-N. All those are five letters. It says the devil has power over death. The devil, D-E-V-I-L. I believe the number five is associated with death. Number six, there's no doubt the number six is associated with man. Man was created on the sixth day. Man was created on the sixth day. Number seven is associated with completion. When something's completed, there's seven vials, seven trumpets, seven signs. There's seven churches. That, that seven is associated with Completion, But the number 70 is a little harder to study out. It's a little harder to figure out, but we're going to do it together. We're going to start in Jeremiah chapter 25. Let's go back to see what Daniel was reading in Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 8. Let's go back and let's read Jeremiah chapter 25, Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 8. Let's read together what Daniel was reading. Because we're going to go back and we're going to follow the steps of Daniel and what he was studying himself. Because it says he understood by the book. So Daniel was reading the Bible. He's reading his Bible, and he's studying to show himself approved, and he's studying his Bible, and he's trying to figure out why 70. Why is there 70 years appointed unto Israel? And he goes back, and this is the verses, no doubt. There's no doubt these are the verses, some of the verses that he studied and he read. Look at Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 8. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts. Now, this is God, and he's bringing down, pronouncing this judgment on Israel. Because... Ye have not heard my words. Guys, it all goes back to the words. It all goes back to God's words, guys. And notice it doesn't say, because you didn't hear my word. He said words, plural. It goes back to words. It goes back to, we're not listening to God's words, and Israel wasn't listening to what God had to say. Well, what words God speaking to you today? He's speaking to you out of this book. God's speaking to man out of this book. That's why it's so important for us to get the scriptures Onto signs, get the scriptures onto the back of our cars, get the scriptures into our minds, get the scriptures we can repeat them so we can tell other people that the word, what the Word of God has to say because that's where God's speaking. God's not speaking out to people through an audible voice today. He's speaking through His words because you have not heard my words. Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, saith the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land and against the inhabitants inhabitants thereof and against all these nations round about and will utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment and a hissing and a perpetual desolations moreover i will take from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness the voice of the bridegroom the voice of the bride the sound of millstones and the light 
of the candle. Man, that's a prophecy what, to Jeremiah what was going to happen. And Daniel is, look, is in the future of this. And Daniel's looking back and Daniel says that what God said Nebuchadnezzar was going to do is exactly what Nebuchadnezzar did. You understand? Daniel's understanding this. This is a prophecy. We're looking at it after it's already took place and after Daniel's living it. But to Daniel, this is a prophecy. And to us, it's a prophecy because this is prophesied years before it took place. And God had warned them that he's going to bring Nebuchadnezzar down on them. Now, guys, if this is God's chosen people, Israel, and this is God's chosen land, and this is how God loves to work, and they're not listening to his words, and he brings this down on their land, how much more is America going to get brought down under judgment? That should open your mind, man. That should open your eyes. That God's willing to do this to his chosen people. Why do you think America's going to get away with it? Well, we're not going to get away with it. <laughs> I'll tell you that. And we're not. Verse 11. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon. There it is. Seventy years. So there's the prophecy. The prophecy was Nebuchadnezzar is going to come in. So Daniel says, okay, I've lived it. I've seen Nebuchadnezzar come in. Then God says, okay, after he comes in, you're going to serve him for 70 years. And then look at verse 12. And it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans and will make it perpetual desolations. And I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounced against it. Even all that is written in this book, which Jeremiah hath prophesied against all the nations. So what God's saying there is it says, after 70 years, then I'm going to bring my judgment on Babylon. First, he gets Nebuchadnezzar to do what he wants him to do. And then he goes and destroys Nebuchadnezzar. God uses Nebuchadnezzar for his own purpose, and then he ends up destroying Nebuchadnezzar. And he says there in verse 13, he, he, he reminds them. I will bring upon that land all my words, which I have pronounced against it, even all that is written in this book. Guys, there's a lot written in this book, in this Bible, and God's going to do every single thing He said He's going to do. If you want to know why God is God, it's because of prophecy. And He tells you that in Isaiah. That's how you know God's God, because He tells you what He's going to do before He does it. Nobody else can do that. That's how you know he's God. But he's reminding them that he's going to bring Nebuchadnezzar and it's going to be 70 years. And then he's going to bring them back. He's going to destroy Jerusalem and bring them back. Look at, uh, while you're here, look at Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. Let's just, couple, a couple of pages over. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. Here's another prophecy by Jeremiah. For thus saith the Lord... That after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. So there's a prophecy. He said, now after 70 years, he says, I will visit you. Talking to, Jew, to the Jews and perform my good word toward you. So God's reminding them in Jeremiah 29, I've told you I'm going to return to you and I will Make everything right. So he's going to punish them for 70 years. And then he prophesies there in verse 10. He goes, I will bring you back. I'll visit you and perform my good word toward you and causing you to return to this place. Look at verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. 
And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So there's going to come a time when the Jews were going to turn back to him and they're going to search for God with all their heart. But he says, I, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. The Lord says, you don't understand how I love you. You don't understand how much love I have for you. But I know the love I have for you. And there's going to come a day you will understand that when you start searching for me with your whole heart. So there's what Jer- there's Jeremiah and Daniel's reading in Jeremiah. So what Daniel's seeing there back in Jeremiah 25, what he's seeing there is that there's something that has to do with this land. This number 70, this 70 years, there's something about this land. And Jeremiah's reading through this and he's, I mean, Daniel, excuse me, he's reading through this and he's studying it and he says in, verse, in Jeremiah chapter 25 verse 11, says the whole land shall be a desolation. So there's something about this land. And being a good student of the Word of God, he starts looking for references about the land. There's no doubt Daniel does this. I believe this with all my heart, that Daniel starts searching for the references to the land, which would bring him to look back in Jeremiah chapter 12. Look back in Jeremiah chapter 12. Now let's look at this land. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. There's no doubt when Daniel's studying this number 70, trying to figure out why God's... Why God's given them 70 years? What's, what's the deal with this number 70? There's no doubt he starts studying about the land. And he says there in verse 10, Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. They have made it desolate. And being desolate, it mourneth unto me. The whole land is made desolate because no man layeth it to heart. So, so when, if you study this, what God's saying there, God's telling Jeremiah there that there's all these pastures and they destroyed the vineyard, they destroyed the land, and this land is mourning out to God. So that, that raises the question, why is the land mourning? Why is the land crying, mourning out to God? Why is the land doing that? Well, you're going to have to study the Bible deeper to find that out. And I'm going, to help you, I'm going to help show you some verses for us to understand why the land is mourning. And it all's tied to that number 70. So look back at Leviticus 25. Leviticus 25. Now we're going to get down to the meat of the matter, guys. If you'll just stick with me and read these verses with me, you'll understand what, what God's doing. Leviticus 25 and why God's doing it. Because there's something about that land that's the reason why God's got 70 years accomplished on it. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 1. There's a reason why the land is mourning. So we've seen where Jeremiah has, Jeremiah has prophesied 70 years, and then God's going to bring them back into that land. So there's no doubt Daniel's studying this land, and when he's studying through, it says that he understood by the books. He goes to the book of Leviticus. So Daniel, no doubt, opens up the book of Leviticus, and he looks at what we'll call Leviticus 25, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying to them, When ye come into the land which I give unto you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. God gives a commandment to Moses. He says, now listen, Moses, when I bring you into this land, you're allowed to work this land for six years. But after six years, you better let the land rest for one year. See that commandment right there? 
And he says, after six years, you can work it all you want to. But in the verse four, but in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land. Because I want you to let this land rest for one year. I don't want you picking anything off of it. Look at the verse five. That, that which groweth of its own accord of thy harvest, thou shalt not reap. Neither gather the grapes of the vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the land. And he goes, I want you to stay off the land. Don't even go in there picking anything off of it. Leave it alone for a year. That sounds a lot like God feels, wants us to do when it comes to his Sabbath. He, he gave man a Sabbath of working for six days, and then we rest for seven on the seventh day. God says, I want you to work this land for six years, and then, I'll, and then on the seventh year, I want you to let it rest. Look at Leviticus chapter 20, the same chapter, look at verse 23. The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. <laughs> Uh-oh. Guys, you're starting to understand, I'm showing you verses that you're starting to understand something about the Bible that a lot of people don't get. It's a simple truth. This book is all about a piece of dirt. It's about land. It's what it's about. It is about one piece of land. It's this land right here in Israel. That land right there. That all belongs to God. God says right there in verse 23, the land shall not be sold for it. That land is mine. Who's saying that? God's saying that. He's not saying that about America, guys. He's not saying that about Africa or Russia or China or Canada or Brazil Anywhere else in the world, he said, but that land right there, God says, that land is mine. Uh-oh. So he says the land is mourning to God. We read that in Jeremiah. We're reading in Leviticus where God says, I want you to let that land rest. Now, just keep your hand here, but turn to Deuteronomy. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11, because we're going to come back to Leviticus just uh, scoot, scoot ahead to Deuteronomy chapter 11. I'm going to show you something else what God says. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 12. Y'all guys read this with me. If you can follow with me, read this with me. Because you, sometimes you're probably not going to believe it unless you read it for yourself. Because people don't understand. God cares so much about this land. You're going to see what God does to people when they mess with it. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 12. A land. He's talking about the land. Verse 12. A land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. His eyes are not always on America. His eyes aren't always on Africa. You just pick a piece of land, but God says, my eyes are always on that land, and I care for that land. That land is mine. I've been reading this to you, amen? amen. It's hard to imagine God's like this, Right? Because you're not, some of y'all guys might be like that, amen? Some of y'all farm cotton and brother, y'all do a lot of farming. That piece of land is, God says, that land is mine. And you better let it rest. I care for that land. Look at Leviticus 26. God is going to proclaim a judgment on you if you do not let the land rest. Uh-oh. See, God's word, it will be fulfilled. Remember we read that? God says, I wrote some stuff down in a book, and it's going to come to pass. Amen. That's what he said. Remember he said that in Jeremiah? I read it to you. You read with me, amen. Look at Leviticus 26, verse 31. And I will make your cities waste, and bring your sanctuaries unto desolation, and I will not smell the savor of your sweet odors. When did that happen? Well, at the time of Daniel. Remember when Nebuchadnezzar came in? That's when that happened. Why does that happen? And I will bring the land into desolation. Uh-oh. 
and your enemies which dwell therein shall be astonished at it. And I will scatter you among the heathen. Well, that happened. That happened when Nebuchadnezzar came in. And we'll draw out a sword after you. God's going to draw a sword after me? Yeah. And your land shall be desolate. And your cities waste. Why would God ever do something like that? Look at verse 34. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbaths. As long as it lies desolate, and ye be in your enemy's land, the Jews over in Babylon, even then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbaths. As long as it lies desolate, it shall rest, because it did not rest in your Sabbaths when ye dwelt upon it. God says, you know what? If you don't let her have her rest, who's he talking about when he says her? That piece of dirt in Israel? He says, if you don't let her have her rest, I'm going to bring a sword after you. I'm going to bring an enemy after you. It's going to make that land desolate. It's going to make that land a waste. That way she can what? She can enjoy her Sabbaths. Then, the land, then shall the land enjoy her Sabbaths. Verse 35, as long as it lieth desolate, it shall rest, because it did not rest in your Sabbaths. God says, I want you to do this. I want you to work it for six years, let it rest for seven. That's what he said, amen? That's what he said. And then he says in the very next chapter, he says, if you don't let it rest, you don't let it rest, then I'm going to come in and I'm going to run you off of it. Now you know what's going on. Now you're starting to understand the number 70. Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 36. 2 Chronicles chapter 36. Look at, look at verse 15, right around verse 15. People wonder... Wonder why they don't understand why God does the things God does because you don't understand God. You're not been, you don't understand God because you haven't been reading your Bible. The very first verse I read to you this morning was study to show thyself approved. Approved unto who? Unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You're told, you're commanded to study. And if you don't study your Bible, you're never going to understand God. Do you understand that when Daniel studied his Bible and started looking at, remember the books? Not just the book of Jeremiah, but it said he looked at the books. When Daniel started doing that, that's when God gave Daniel one of the greatest answers to prayer you could ever get. 2 Chronicles chapter 36, look at verse 15. The Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up betimes. That's betimes, before times, meaning early. He sent, God sent them early and sending them. Because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. So there's two things God has compassion on. His people and his dwelling place. The land. Verse 16. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his what? Words. And misused his prophets. Until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people. Till there was no remedy. There was no remedy guys. I'm here to tell you this morning. There's no remedy for America. You think if there's no remedy for Israel at this time, there's no remedy for America. We're done for. It's, we're done. The whole world is done. The Bible says that the whole world's going to be done at the, end of, at the end times. We know that. Why did he do this to Israel? Therefore, he brought upon them the king of the Chaldeas. Who's the king of the Chaldeas? That's Nebuchadnezzar. Who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion upon the young man or the maiden the old man, or him that stooped for age, he gave them all into his hand. Who did that? God. 
God sent Nebuchadnezzar to kill the young men, the young women, the young children. He, he killed them all, these people. God did that. Verse 18, And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord, that's all in the temple, and the treasures of the king and the, of his princes, all these he brought into Babylon. Those are the ones that, remember, King Nebuchadnezzar's grandson got a hold of and was making the feast and was partying and had the big party drinking wine out of it and mocking God and then the handwriting on the wall, the finger on the wall started writing. That's those vessels. See, this is all prophecy. This is all this took place. Daniel knows this has took place. Verse 19, And they burnt the house of God and break down the wall of Jerusalem. That's exactly what happened. And burnt all the palaces thereof with fire, and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon, where they were servants to him. Who's that? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember? They're, that's how Daniel got over in Babylon. He's been in Babylon for about 70 years. He's an old man. Now King Darius has came into power. It's the first year, and he's been studying his Bible, which is what each one of y'all should be doing. And thank God y'all are in here this morning, because we're studying our Bible, amen? Okay, we're studying our Bible together. And he's studying his Bible, just like we're doing, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia. That's Darius we just read about in Daniel chapter 9. Why did all this take place? Look at verse 21. One of the greatest verses in your Bible. Underline it, mark it, put a red star by it. Why did God do all this evil unto Israel? To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah. God did all that because he wanted his words to be fulfilled. Why? Until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath. To fulfill threescore and ten years. That verse tells you exactly why God did all that evil to Israel. Why? Because they wouldn't let the land rest. Do you see that? Just like God said in Leviticus 26. God told him in Leviticus 25, let the land rest. Every six years on the seventh year, rest it. Leviticus 26 says, and if you don't, I'm going to make that land desolate until you let it rest. Remember that? So in 2 Chronicles chapter 36 that is telling you, in verse 21, is telling you exactly why God did all that. Why did God kill all those people? That piece of land that he loves and cares for. God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. God doesn't think like me and you. Amen. Okay, I wouldn't kill somebody to run them off a piece of land. Brother Kiggins not going to go run people and kill them to get them off a piece of land. But that's exactly what God did. Amen. Did you not read that? But God, that's how God feels about land. This land right here, I love this land. I care for this land. I watch this land day and night from morning to evening. I watch it all year long, that piece of land called Israel. And if you don't let it rest, I'm going to run you off of it and kill you. See, that's why this isn't preached at First Baptist Church. But that's right there in your Bible, amen? amen. 70. What does that mean? Well, every six years, they let, didn't let it rest. They went by one. There's one. 
Every six years, there's one. Every six years, there's one. There's a, in other words, they're skipping. So what God did is he went by and he said for seven years. So he's trying to catch up. So what you have to do is you got to go 70. You got to take the number 70 and you got to times it by seven. Because they're skipping every six and just seven. Every six times seven. So he said 70 years. So God kept them off the land for how many years? 70 years. So what you can do is you say, if there were 70 Sabbaths that, that were skipped, then you got to times that by seven, and what do you get? You get 490 years. You'll get 490 years. That's how long they went. God put up with them not letting the land rest. What's interesting about that 490 years, you can take that from the day and take it back all the way to whenever Samuel told them, God is your king, and they said, we don't want God to be our king. We want a king like all these other nations. Give us a king. So what did God give them? God gave them Saul. Remember, the, y'all remember reading that in 1 Samuel? And Samuel went back and told God, it's my fault. And God says, it's not your fault. They've not rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me. So I'm going to give them a king and show them what it's like. And they got King Saul. And then they got King David. And if you t- take that point, from that point on, none of the kings of Israel let the land rest. For 490 years. And God got up to 490, and then one day, there's a payday someday, amen? One day, God, God says, okay, this is the day, guys. Run them off. I've had enough of it. 490 years. Peter's walking with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Peter says, Lord, how many times am I supposed to forgive my brother? Seven times? <laughs> right? And that sounds like a good number, amen, because we talked about numbers, and number seven is a number of completion. Jesus says, nay, Peter, I say unto you, 70 times seven. Remember that? Why did Jesus say that? Because that's exactly how much time God put up with Israel and forgave them. I think our Lord and Savior knows his Bible. He says, I'll forgive them, and I'll forgive them, and I'll forgive them, and I'll forgive them. And now I'm done. Seventy times seven. We had the brother Caleb Edwards in Wednesday. And he was showing us stuff about Israel, and he's showing us the Bible. And, you know, he was so gracious enough to... The Hebrew Bible's read right to left, okay? So this is the front, and this is the back. Every book that's in this Hebrew Bible is in your Bible, in your Old Testament, okay? Because this is just the Old Testament. But their books are put in a different order. Anybody know what the last book in the Old Testament is? Malachi. The very last words of the book of our Old Testament, what do they say? It says it's going to be cursed. It's a curse. That Old Testament is a curse, amen? Okay. The very last book in a Hebrew Bible for a Jewish person, God's people, is the Second Chronicles. And the last chapter is Second Chronicles chapter 36, which you have in your lap. Right here. You read the last words right there in the Bible? What's your last words of what's the very last word of a Hebrew Bible say? Look at the very end of chapter, I mean of yeah, chapter 36, verse 23. What's the very last words? The Lord his God be with him and let him what? Go up. That's what it says here in Hebrew. Go up. Go up where? 
Go up to Jerusalem. Go up to Israel. Go up to the land. Go to the land. God tells a Hebrew, every Hebrew that reads his Bible, the very last thing God tells them, go back to the land. I've given you that land. It's all about a piece of dirt. He ran them off, amen? He ran them off again in 70 AD, did he not? Amen, he did. They rejected him as a king in 1 Samuel. God as a king. They rejected Jesus Christ as a king. We'll have no king but Caesar. Amen. They rejected Jesus Christ as a king. Wake up. They rejected the Holy Spirit as a king. Whenever Stephen stood up and he said, Why do you so stiff-necked people always resist the Holy Ghost? And they ran on Stephen and took stones and they killed him. And whenever they were killing Stephen, Stephen looked up and he saw the doors of heaven open and he saw Jesus Christ standing on the right hand of God. Jesus was ready to come back and be a king for them. And they killed him and rejected it and the gospel was sent to the Gentiles. That's me and you. But God's word will always be fulfilled because he said in the Old Testament, I'm going to bring you back again. The second time. Not this time. In 2 Chronicles 36 and in Ezra and Nehemiah that you read in your Bible. He says there's going to come another time I'll bring you back again. And in Isaiah he says, who has heard of a nation being born at once? I'm going to make you a nation again and it will happen in one day. When did that take place? Amen. 1948. Amen. They're back in the land. And what did Brother Edwards say when he was in here? He said, when you look at that, he said, that, was not, that land was nothing before Israel came back. In 1948, and then it started blossoming. And it started becoming awesome again. So I want to show you this in closing. So 1948... We know that number 70 is tied to two things in numerics. Bible numerics. That number 70 is tied to the land and to God's forgiveness. But it's tied to the land through God's forgiveness. So we know that that number 70 is tied specifically to that land. You take that number 70 and you put it to 1948. Well, what you got to do is you got to take that number 70 if it's tied to the land. 1948, and you add 70 years of that, you get the year 2018. If that number 70 is tied to the land, and I'm not telling you, I'm not trying to give you some kind of prophecy or anything like that. I'm just telling you, if that number 70 is tied to the land, like I believe it's tied to the land, and I believe Daniel believed it's tied to the land, and you add that 70... Israel's been in that land almost 70 years. So we're living in the year 2017. Guys, I'm telling you, in 2018, something's going to happen. I believe it. Now, I don't know what. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to prophesy Jesus is coming back. I'm not trying to give you a date. I'm not doing any of that. I promise you that. I'm just telling you what Daniel saw and God gave him and Daniel saw some amazing things just by studying the book. If you study the book and you find out God cares about that land, they've been in the land from 1948 
You add 70 years, something special is going to happen in 2018. I believe that. Now, what is it going to be? I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen. But do you see how everything I ever show you tells you that we are living in the end times? But are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? If Jesus is coming back and Revelation says, I know thy works, are you doing something for him? I believe a lot of y'all in here, most of y'all in here I know are saved. But I hope that y'all are doing something for the Lord. Brother, if if y'all are in here this morning, I know y'all try to do something for the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. That's enough right there. But we always could be, be doing more. Always could be doing more. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.